Welcome to Square One, powered by FinTech TV. Today, we're thrilled to welcome founder and investor, Justin Kahn. Justin has founded a number of companies over the past two decades, but the one he's most well-known for is Justin TV. Justin TV was one of the early pioneers of live video streaming. After rebranding to Twitch, the company later sold to Amazon in 2014 for $970 million. After Twitch, Justin spent time as a partner at Y Combinator, where he evaluated and funded hundreds of startups. And recently, he started his own firm, Goat Capital. Today, we talk with Justin about lessons learned from founding, building, scaling, and investing in some of Silicon Valley's best startups. Justin, welcome. Thanks so much for joining us. All right. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. So Justin, we're going to spend you know time going through a bunch of startup lessons today, but I want to do that through the stories of your experiences. Um, you've had some really high success stories. You've had some companies that didn't work out. I think it's pretty interesting to have that full body of experience to tease out some of the key lessons you know, for founders and investors today. So let's start with your first and probably less well-known startup, Kiko. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that company and to set the context for those that are listening, you founded that company coming out of Yale in 2004. Startups were definitely not the cool thing to do um, at that point in time. Yeah, they, they weren't, you know, a very mainstream job opportunity or you know, career path uh, back in 2004. That was when we started our, our app. Kiko was kind of like, it was like Google Calendar, but a couple, we started working on it, I guess, a, a year and a half or so before Google Calendar came out. Um, maybe, yeah, that's probably right, a year and a half or so. And so um, we just seen Gmail and thought there should be a calendar version of, of this. You know, kind of like Outlook calendar, you could drag and drop it. It's on the web and uh, decided to make it. Uh, didn't know anything about how to start a startup or how to build a web app, but we started hacking on it together by you know, Googling JavaScript examples and kind of piecing them together into something that looked like an, you know, like a functional calendar. And then uh, that startup was mostly a terrible failure, except that it helped us get, you know, it was the vehicle by which we got into Y Combinator. So our friend had sent us this, uh, you know, this application that Paul had sent around. Paul Graham, the founder of Y Combinator, had sent around to uh, different uh, groups of uh, computer science students in the country, and um, we heard about it and decided to uh, apply. And luckily, we were accepted, and that's how we got our start with uh, startups. The, the company ultimately failed. We didn't really make that good of a product, and then Google Calendar came out and was better in pretty much every way. And it turns out people want email alongside their calendar. So it didn't really work out that well, but uh, we, got, we got our taste of startups and that's kind of how we got started. So you got your taste of startups, give you a little bit of room to start your next idea. Your next idea was Justin TV. Most people listening are familiar with Twitch in its current form, uh, but yeah. talk a little bit more about the early days of Justin TV. It's a pretty you know similar to kind of um, the non-rational kind of thought of, hey, let me start a startup in 2004. It wasn't particularly cool at that time. Justin TV was kind of a crazy idea, right? I mean, how did you come up with it? Yeah. yeah, so when we were trying to figure out what we were gonna do with Kiko, so Kiko wasn't working, we'd worked on it for about a year, we'd raised a little bit of money. It was, we were trying to figure out how do we get out of this company? Like it's not growing, we need to sell it or something. And we were just brainstorming all these ideas for pivots, things that we could do with the app. And uh, while we were having these conversations, I had this idea for, for Justin TV, which is kind of like, we should do our own podcast is what it started off as. It's kind of like, we should do our own podcast of like us having ideas of what to do with our startup. And uh, my co-founder Emmett 
and I were like, thought that was a cool idea, but we were like, well, we have these conversations all the time, like at night, in the morning, like whatever. So like, how, how would we know when we're to like actually capture this podcast? So the idea turned into like a live audio feed, like 24 seven. And, um, you know, that, which is quite a leap. We're like, okay, maybe we should have a live audio feed that, to the internet. Anyone can listen at any time to like what we're talking about. Because we live together and work together. So it's, you know, we're pretty young. So we're just like always, you know, together basically. And, and so then it turned into this idea. Well, we were like, well, an audio feed doesn't capture everything. So make, let's make it a live video feed of, it, of us 24-7. And that turned into this idea of a Justin TV, which is like a live reality show, 24-7 reality TV show and uh, broadcast to the internet. Apparently, I talk in my sleep and snore and move in my sleep. So maybe those are one of some of the more interesting moments that happen on Justin.tv. If the notion of watching someone sleep doesn't excite you, you may be in the minority. It's been a lot of fun so far. Millions of people worldwide have tuned into Justin TV since it launched. So we came up with that idea as like almost like a crazy stunt. And uh, then we ended up talking to my... Um, uh, to Paul, when we were so we sold Kiko as like when this Hail Mary, we end up selling it on eBay. And uh, after we sold Kiko, we end up talking to Paul and asking him for um, like he wanted to fund another startup. And he didn't like our first idea, but he did really like the idea for Justin TV. Hmm. So, you so fast forward, so Paul likes the idea, kind of you guys go through a bunch of iterations, etc. Our business is doing well. Um, the what's not doing well? So, like, what happened was we we ended up launching this idea we we pitched paul on this idea for justin tv he was like that's crazy i'll fund it we end up figuring out technically how to build it over the next like six months uh we end up it's like a pretty complex thing to build because there's no live video on the internet so we have to like build live video infrastructure on the internet and also figure out how to get video off this, like a cell phone pretty low bandwidth cell phone signal over to like a, our web server and so there's like technically it's pretty complicated we end up making it work and then we launch it and the show is not successful right it's like successful for one moment because people are like oh i want to figure out what why this guy's doing this but it's not actually like a very good show because we're not we don't know anything about producing content you know and so at the time we just kind of put it out there and then uh we um like we put it out there and we saw what happened you know we like it, it it grew for a little bit and then it fell off and then at that point we we're like what do we do and then we opened it up as a platform to let anyone broadcast live video kind of made it like youtube for live video yeah and was that the pivot that made it work and that at that point it started growing yeah so it started growing for the next couple of years it grew pretty big we, we got to about like kind of like the 250 in the top 250 websites in the world yeah so once you're at that range, uh, you've talked about the story. I, I like it a lot. So I want, I want you to kind of retell it to the audience. But you so you almost sold to Google for a billion dollars. But there's two kickers to that story, right? One is the initial offer was significantly lower. Uh, and then second, the deal never got done. So talk a little bit more kind of about that experience. And how did that, how did it start from kind of who reached out? How did the process start? And kind of where did it end up? Or why did it end up the way it ended up? Well, so, so that was like years later, right? With us yeah. in 2014 now. So we'd pivoted to Twitch by that time. So Justin TV, you know, pivoted to Twitch. And then in 2014, we, you know, Google inbounded and was like, hey, they wanted to do a deal with us to like make it so that if a YouTuber was going live on Twitch, then 
you know, it would show like a live button on their YouTube videos and you could click out, like the audience could like go and, and see their live stream, um, which, you know, big tech companies would never do today because everybody wants to build everything and own it all themselves. But, you know, maybe back then it was a little bit more collaborative. So that conversation about the deals turned into like, oh, we should maybe just buy you. And then that turned into the offers and kind of, they bid against themselves and kind of grew and grew and grew the offer until it was, you know, a billion dollars in, in total comp, uh, total comp. And so uh, we ended up wanting to do it, you know, it was a lot at the time uh, and we ended up wanting to, to do it. And then at the end of the day, like there were a couple of technicalities that got in the way that made us like not be able to consummate the deal, you know? Yeah. You eventually sold it to Amazon for, for about a similar price. How did you guys think about Amazon as an acquirer? I mean, outside in, I think one of the interesting things at that point in time, like you could actually, you could make the argument that if Google or kind of a, another a big tech company that had a natively social platform bought this, um, Twitch may not have kind of lived on in its own kind of independent form as it, as it does today. How did you yeah, I think Amazon, I think I think Amazon's a good was a really good acquirer for that reason. That's a good observation. You know, Amazon was smart enough that they knew they didn't know jack shit about social. Yeah. And so I think they left it alone and just funded it. And Twitch has grown into, you know, pretty amazing, huge, valuable property today. Like it was pretty it was on its well on its way back then, but like I think a lot of the growth has happened under Amazon and um it's uh it's really been a good steward in a lot of ways. I think of the, of the thing, like, uh, you know, if you ask the internet, of course, they'll say like a million different things be like, oh, it's like all oh, corporate or like it's, you know, they, they screwed it up in X, Y, or Z ways. Can't make everyone happy. But I, I actually think they've been a really good shepherd of it compared to like, let's say, if, you know, we sold it to Yahoo or something like that, which yeah. was also in the video, you know, like for, or Google, it probably, if, if it was sold to Google, it probably have been rolled into YouTube. If it was sold to Yahoo, it would probably be completely destroyed by this time, <laughs> you know? So in a, in a way, I think Amazon was like actually quite a good home for, for Twitch. Yeah. And when you, when you left Twitch, so you, you were a partner at YC for a couple of years, uh, give, spell out kind of just some observations. Maybe we, we'll, we'll go deeper, but just to kind of orient the discussion, you started seeing tons and tons of startups, right? Obviously not from a building perspective, you had built and sold a couple of companies by that point in time, but now you're getting the reps or you're seeing a bunch of startups uh, from an investor perspective, right? Um, and I know you were kind of angel investing over the years, but it's a little bit different when you're kind of more formally doing it kind of in that YC type context. What were some of the more interesting and probably non-intuitive learnings uh, you had about startups after seeing so many of them? I think so many lessons and YC's done a really good job of this of documenting kind of so many of the core lessons to at least get folks kind of started with a better playing field than, than was there before, but kind of from being on the inside and seeing so many, what, what were some of the more non-intuitive learnings you had about startups? I mean, I don't know. I feel like most of the non-intuitive ones have also been documented enough times that like, you know, they're pretty common knowledge, but you know, it really is like invest in the people, not the idea. Is a, you know, that's like kind of the lesson from Justin TV, right? You couldn't have known that it was going to become Twitch, but there were like just so many examples where I was in love with an idea and backed founders where maybe it wasn't the right founders, maybe they weren't highly motivated enough, didn't work out, but many uh, converse, you know, instances where backed the right people who had horrible ideas you know, in the beginning and, but they eventually found companies that became, you know, a couple of my comp companies I invested in both at yc and then angel invested in like had you know 
are now like unicorn companies that start off with, with entirely different ideas, you know, different, but it was just about the people and finding those people who were like incredible, who were going to figure it out no matter what. So that was probably one big, uh, maybe the most important learning. Um, you know, another is like things go bad before they go, they go good, usually in, in venture investing. So like the, the failures fail faster than the good ones, you know, succeed. And so usually, you know, your portfolio looks terrible, like two years in, three years in, you're like, oh my God, I'm like a horrible investor because like all the ones that are surviving are, are going to become unicorns or like, you know, they're kind of still grinding at it, but all the ones who like fail, like explode, like in this fire, really like fire creator. Uh, so that, you know, that was kind of another thing. Like, I didn't think I was a very good investor until really like last year, probably, you know, the things I invested in, in 2014, 2015, 2016, like only became like really tremendously amazing companies in the last like you know 12 months 18 months maybe yeah so you know that's that's probably another one so you left yc you started atrium uh i'm a lawyer by trade i'd kind of followed the story early on interesting yeah. kind of interesting way to think about the market and look at it um you framed it on twitter earlier this year in a way i like you said my first company sold for a billion and then my next or, you know and then this one lost 75 million in 36 months um, I yeah. thought it was a really interesting way to frame it. You but know, we didn't technically lose 75 million in 36 months because we returned a third of the capital, but we did lose $50 million in 36 months. Okay, there we go. So we, we lost $50 million in 36 months. Um, but tell us a little bit more about Atrium. I, I want to dig into that because I actually thought a lot of the lessons you framed out were really helpful. And I think it also spoke, it, it actually speaks to how difficult starting startups are where you can know a lot of these kind of lessons conceptually or kind of, you know, quote unquote, the right way to do things. Uh, but every business is different, right? And every dynamic is kind of different. So maybe set the stage just a little bit more, you know, with why well, I think I think it's interesting. Like the interesting thing there is like people, it's very easy to know things conceptually, but then to like think that you're an exception or to feel, not feel it, not really believe it. Like, you know, it's the general wisdom, you know, like that's what you're supposed to do. But then you're like, well, but I'm different. Like I've already been successful or like I have a great plan so I can take on more, you know, like I don't have to focus as much because like, I already know that we're going to get to the second, the next level. So I can like, already, I can skate to where the puck is, Yeah. you know? And like, those are the things that kill you is that you don't, it's easy to, it's easy to forget that you're just like, you're, you know, constrained by the same constraints as everybody else. You know, what were, no what were example, what were examples of that? Like, was it well, like, we just didn't fit? focus well enough on product market fit. You know, I thought I focused primarily on sales. So I was like, well, I already know that we can build a product here, but you know, you have to focus on product market fit. Otherwise you're never going to build something that has like longevity, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, we, I, I built something, you know, people say, you know, you should do what you love, right. Cause then you'll never work a day in your life. Right the mark twain quote i think it was um but like for me it's like i i just was very mercenary about it i was like oh i want to start this company because i think it can be really big and uh they're probably i mean there was probably a lot right in there but then at the end of the day it was like not building something that i really truly woke up thinking about and caring about you know and i think that was a that was a mistake in retrospect so you know there's just a lot of stuff like that what do you, what are, like, if we unpack that or double click a little bit more, what do you think are the elements, uh, like, what's the psychological element? Walk us through that a little bit more of just like what's kind of going on in your head or how you're thinking about it. Of, I know these things kind of on paper, I'm not necessarily acting on them, or I've, you know, told myself I can kind of get around them. Like, what, what's that emotion, I guess, that, that gets you to bridge that gap, right? Like, you have your logical kind of side, 
that says, okay, I understand these things. But you just don't like people, people are logical, but they don't really, you know, like they, you know, think they're logical, but they're really emotional, right? Yeah. Like they, they, you really, like my emotional side was like, oh, I'm excited about this thing, this other thing, or like doing what I want to do, you know, and I, I think I can do it. And so, you know, there was just that feeling of like, I'm invincible or I'm different, or I feel like I know what I'm doing or I'm confident that maybe wasn't justified. You know? Yeah. 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 I think it's, uh, it's, it's really hard, especially when you're kind of in the thick of things or so. Did you, did you come to the realization yourself? Was it a coach that kind of, you know, walked it through? Was it your team? Like, how did you guys come to the realization of let's return, you know, a portion of the capital or so versus? Well, it wasn't working as a business. Like it wasn't working as a venture scale business. Like the churn was too high. The margins were like too low. Yeah. And the, you know, the, the growth was like, okay, but not great. And so, I mean, we had built, built it into a non-trivial business. It was like a $15 million a year turnover business, yeah. but it's just like, you can't have a business that low margins. You can have a business like with low margins that grows quickly. You can have a, a business that, you know, with, with high margins that doesn't grow that quickly, but you can't have a business with low margins that doesn't grow quickly. At least it's not a good venture backable business, you know? So to me, it was clear, like, this is not, a business that at a certain point I was like, I wouldn't invest my own money in this business. Hmm. And at that point I'm like, why am I running it? It's like not, it didn't feel authentic to say, okay, I'm going to continue like burning capital to try to make it work. You know? Yep. On that point of authenticity, how did you figure out, how did you think through like the next thing you've, you've kind of, uh, you've talked about this concept before of like zone of genius and zone of competence. I, I like that concept a lot. I actually use it kind of with my team or when I'm running my business. Um, how did you think through like, well, maybe let's take a step back, maybe unpack that concept, right? Number one, so we have a baseline. And then two, I'm interested to hear how you kind of went through that to say the next step is not building another company, right? Maybe it's starting to invest or so on and so forth. Yeah, so for me, I was like, okay, I'm gonna do nothing. I mean, this was like 18 months ago. I'm gonna like hang out and do nothing. I read the entire Wheel of Time series, which is like 11,000 pages. And then, you know, at a certain point, I was like, okay, I you know, I do want to do something, but I really want to figure out what is like going to activate my inner joy every day. Like what are the things that I love to do every day? And I thought about what I love to do and I love meeting people. I love helping people. I love being an advisor and mentor. I love um, learning about new business ideas. Uh, and so those things were kind of led me to say like, where do you do that? It's like being an investor was kind of like the thing I love to do. And like a lot of, I think a lot of my need to be a founder was more ego driven. It was like, because all the people I looked up to were founders, the people who I knew who are my, my role models and friends were founders. And I thought that was like what I was supposed to do. But what I really loved to do was the role of, you know, just like be an investor. And so um, I think that was pretty clear. And then for me, you know, I've been creating a lot of content. I, I'm a podcast with the quest. I make a lot of videos on my YouTube channel about startups and wellness and um, you know, kind of life advice. If you want to find a mentor, you got to show me some value. Now that value doesn't have to be money. You could teach me something as your opening line. And so I, I really love telling stories and creating content ideas. And so uh, that was kind of a natural thing for me to do. So I just try to figure out what are the things that I love to do? What, what, what do I get up in the morning excited about? You know, what would I do if I didn't make any money off of it ever? And it never turned into something that people really cared about what would I do just for my, you know, its own sake. And those are the things I try to spend my days doing. 
Yeah, talk about the content piece a little bit more because I think we're seeing, we're kind of seeing this in just tech in general right now is more and more, I mean, investors, et cetera, folks have always created content, but I think there is this kind of unique moment in time what's happening right now with folks and kind of the way they're thinking about content or content strategy and the power of audience, right? And how that, well, uh, you know, we talked about this a little bit earlier of, hey, maybe you guys focused on product market or you focused on distribution versus product market fit, but there is this real advantage of having kind of a latent, engaged, trusted audience, right? For whether it's companies you've invested in, products eventually you want to sell, kind of so on and so forth. Um, so talk, talk, maybe talk a little bit more about kind of some of the content you are creating, right? Why are you creating it? And then we can dive in a little bit more on kind of how that, how that ties probably more closely to the investing side than, than most, people might, uh, most people might think. Yeah, so, so, you know, I love creating content and I'm, I, I make content about, you know, I make mostly make YouTube videos and the YouTube videos are about like um, just telling startup stories or, you know, I make some vlogs or basically trying to figure out how to give people advice that I would want to have wanted to hear when I was 22 years old. Maybe I wouldn't have listened to it at the time, but, you know, when I give myself, you know, my former self the option anyways, and uh, I, you know, tell these stories and then just put them out here on, on this YouTube channel and, you know, really love doing it. It's like, uh, I get a lot of positive feedback. People, I think people appreciate the authenticity and vulnerability around it yeah. and uh, hopefully it helps them. And so I get a lot of feedback that keeps me going. And, um, you know, I, I also think it is valuable. It's not really the primary reason I do it. Mostly I just do it because I like to tell the stories, but I do think it's valuable to have that audience, um, you know, to create worlds on fire with the creator economy. Everyone like wants you know, creators are selling everything. And I think we're just scratching the surface where, you know, yeah, they have clothing lines and energy drinks and stuff like that, but which is great. Like that's, that's a great business in a lot of ways. And there's all these other ways, um, you know, that people are going to find to monetize downstream. You know, you have like Mr. Beast Burger with the virtual restaurant concept. And, you know, I think uh, for my business, I'm like, an, you know, it's an investing business. And by being out there telling stories about startups, you know, it makes people more willing to accept capital from me, you know, in a cap competitive environment. So I, I think that is a, it is a, it is a valuable thing to cultivate, right. As having that captive audience, like I said. Yep. What are you, what are you most excited about right now when you're, when you're looking at companies and kind of looking at themes and in, in investing? Yeah. So we invest in a couple areas. Um, robotics and AI is a, uh, you know, one that we're really interested in, uh, climate change companies. It's kind of the world's biggest problem right now. Yeah. Um, invest in a lot of healthcare, uh, digital healthcare. And then uh, lastly, you know, some SaaS software kind of stuff. You know, those are probably the main areas. Yeah. And uh, talk a little bit more about Goat, right? Like you started Goat very recently, right? Um, and it's, you know, it's not just, I think from, from, from everything I've read, it, it doesn't seem like it's just another venture firm, right? Or another fund, but what are you specifically trying to accomplish at Goat and kind of how did Goat come together? Yeah, so Goat is a partnership with my, um, uh, my business partner, Robin Chan, who's an amazing investor. He was an early, early investor in Uber, Square, Twitter, Xiaomi. Uh, and many more. Uh, he's a much better investor than I am. Yeah. So he and I, uh, really good friends first, and then we invest in, we have a seed fund, we invest in you know, seed stage startups, and we also incubate our own company ideas. So working on a few ideas right now ourselves. And um, yeah, it's like, it's 
I just want to work with people who I love, you know, and, and uh, I just rule, I, I only want to work with people where when I see them, it puts a smile on my face. And so uh, that's... Um, At what point in your journey or kind of in your career did you, did you develop that rule? Like, was that something? No, it's like, it's, new, it's like a, it's like a, like... it's like a 2020 rule, you know? <laughs> and so, so it, that's, you know, that, that, that's the rule. And um, yeah. And, uh, you know, Robin, Robin and I are very close. So it's like, a, it's easy. That's an easy, it easily fulfills it, you know? Yeah, I like that. Um, I want to I wanna do something a little bit different. We're going to try this out. I've never done this on an episode before, but it's going to be a little bit of rapid fire. I think you might have some pretty interesting responses to some of these questions. So you can kind of keep right. it, you know, five seconds, 30 seconds, a minute, kind of up to you. But I'm going to go through some rapid fire on some of these questions and, and let's see where they take us. Um, the first one is what was the highest high of, of your career so far? Uh, well, you know, I think it was, we sold when, when we sold the company, when I found out we, uh, sold the company, uh, and I tell the story on my YouTube channel, it's like, uh, with Twitch, you know, I, I was at Burning Man. I just made an art car, uh, you know, that I was very proud of and I took it to Burning Man. And then when I woke up it had rained that night. And so I woke up in this pool of water actually, cause I was living in this construction foam yurt. And then at that point I like walked around the burning man trying to find someone's cell phone signal. So I could see if we sold our company for a billion dollars. And I did eventually find someone and verify it. And that was probably like the moment, you know, it was amazing. What was the lowest low? I mean, there are many lows, you know, I think, um, there were so many times when I hated working on the companies and wanted to quit. Um, I remember this one time in particular, uh, one of my uh, co-founders was testifying in front of this like house committee on piracy because there were like sometimes pirated, you know, streams on Justin TV were DMCA compliant, but we didn't like control it because it was live video. We didn't like have a filter that would de determine. So like we got called to testify in front of this, you know, house subcommittee on internet piracy or whatever. And, uh, yeah, like that morning I like just didn't want to get out of bed. I was like, this is terrible. You know, what's the startup you're most excited about today and why? Uh, the startup I'm most excited about today uh, is a startup called Vicarious, which does, uh, is building artificial intelligence, um, is particularly with robotics so that robotics can do very complex, uh, tasks that are more likely human uh, workers do in industrial applications. And I think it's just this general purpose AI that will do a tremendous amount of um, things that right now are like mundane road tasks that human beings have to do. I mean, I think it's, it's really going to push the world forward. What's your anti-portfolio highlight, the company you could have invested in but missed out on? I mean, there's like so many of them. Um, there's, 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 there's infinite, there's, there's so many of them. Like my, one of my co-founders introduced the two founders of Dropbox together and several of our friends invested money. And, you know, one of my, uh, the Airbnb guys were like, um, we helped them get into Y Combinator. My co-founder Emmett, who's the CEO of Twitch wanted to invest actually. And then just like didn't follow up at the time, you know, I think the valuation was going to be like $300,000 or something. So, <laughs> Uh, one of my other friends showed me his app like before he launched it and he was pretty excited about it. I just, but I looked at it and I didn't get it. And I was kind of like, I don't think it's going to work in my head. That app was Pinterest, right? Um, so there's a couple, you know, more recently, uh, there's a company called, um, 
whatnot. It's like a live video shopping company. And I was pretty excited about it. We didn't end up not investing. Uh, this is like 10 months ago or something. I think it raised like a hundred million dollars since I've talked to them. So, you know, like I have a, a long string of like misses, you know, it's okay. What's that? What's the lesson from that for folks that you know? A lot of these, a lot of folks listening are investors, right? And kind of understand this game or understand that you know, not seeing companies as a part of the game, seeing companies not making the judgment call as a part of the game, seeing companies making the judgment call and not getting involved is also a part of the game. Um, but what's the you know, if you're if you're kind of listening to this and let's say you're somebody that's breaking into tech or just starting to get interested in startups, one question that would go through my mind is. Like, is it better to just not have seen those and kind of live with the, like, I didn't even have the opportunity or it's, um, or there's something to learn from it or of sorts of, you know, Hey, why didn't I go, you know, why didn't I actually follow up or invest or so on and so forth? How do, how do you think about that? Well, I think you want to learn from it, you know, but you want to see like, what could I have done differently? Maybe to make a different decision. But at the end of the day, it's like, uh, it's a numbers game. You know, you can't get twisted. It's like poker, right? Like, sometimes you're going to get a bad beat or you made the right decision. And like, it turned out this company like stumbled into a gold mine, you know, like never know. Right. Like, I mean, obviously the founder really makes a big difference. You want to invest in founders primarily, but there's a lot of times, like a lot of smart people miss a lot of great companies because it's, you know, very hard to tell in the early days. Right. And you do want to have a portfolio. And so uh, to me, the lesson is really like, you can't get that twisted. You know, you, you're going to have wins. You're going to have losses. That's that's the way the game goes. That's human life, even outside of investing. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. There's this one kind of like management philosophy I live by, which is uh, not conflating your your kind of inputs and your effort for outputs and outcomes. And yeah. if, you're, if you're getting a really good outcome and you have a bad input, you probably got lucky. It's probably not repeatable, right? Bad input, right. bad output, like you should fix it. Good input, good output. Maybe there's something repeatable there. Um, but if you have a good input and you don't have a great output, like just keep shooting your shot. Right. And like, yeah. like keep kind of continuing on. This was a ton of fun, you know, appreciate you coming right. to the show today, sharing some insights and, uh, I'm sure folks in our audience kind of found it valuable. So thanks again. Thanks for the time. Absolutely. All right.